Do you remember the year 2013? Yes, those were pre-pandemic years. Those were good times. However, let's refresh our memories. In 2013, Nelson Mandela passed away. We had the Boston Marathon bombings and our own Rob Ford finally agreed that he did smoke that crack. However, also in 2013, there was a slight dip in the real estate market in the Toronto and Vancouver areas. Houses dropped around three to 4%. And everyone and their uncle started predicting about a housing crash, a bubble as you will. However, since then, houses have more than doubled, sometimes tripled. I'm your host, Philippe Hajduk, and welcome to another episode of the Duke Pod, where we talk about real estate stories. Today, though, we're going to talk about the value of a home and how did the real estate market go up so much in value that not even a pandemic could slow it down. CBC reported in the one-year span from 2020 to 2021, house prices have gone up on a national level here in Canada from around 570000 to 665000 which means on a national level, the whole country, the average home has appreciated 16.5% in one year. Some of the bigger cities, such as Toronto and Vancouver, they have appreciated a fair bit. However, Vancouver has only appreciated around 10 to 12%, and other small areas, especially in Ontario, have appreciated anywhere from 5 to 40% in around a year to year and a half. A lot of the statistics we're going to talk about come from an economist, Mike Moffitt. You can look him up, and from my own experience as a realtor here in the GTA. Let's talk about the factors that could have caused this huge increase in the last few months. The first and most important one is, of course, the COVID pandemic. With so many people now having to stay at home, basically all of us want a third shutdown, and we have to work from home, which means no more commuting, no more driving to the office, no more spending money on vacations, and a lot of other ticky-tack expenses. All of a sudden, a lot of people have extra money. Some people are unemployed, but the people that are employed don't have the same expenses. And they're looking to buy, uh, for example, collectible items such as cars, cards even, uh, like collectible hockey cards, magic cards, other items. Apparently, it takes one year in advance to order a new boat. And of course, stuff like real estate. People are trying to buy their homes or get a second home and become investors for the first time. Secondly, we have to look at our immigration and how much it's coming in. Traditionally, in Ontario, for the longest time, our population has increased by around 600,000 per year. However, since 2015, that has almost doubled with over a million new, new members to the province every year. There was a higher amount of immigration, student visas, work visas allowed, and all those people are trying to compete for the same type of homes, driving the demand up. Thirdly, if you look from a real estate perspective, the old supply and demand rule, if the supply is low and the demand is high, that's how prices skyrocket. And that's definitely what happened this year. A neutral market is when we have three months of inventory. So for example, let's say every month, 
500 home sells. So that means today we should have 1,500 homes on the market. Therefore, we have three months of inventory, 500, 500, 500. However, over the last year or so, the amount of inventory has ranged anywhere between two weeks to maybe five weeks. And even now the condo market is having as low as just over a month of inventory. Record low supply numbers means a seller's market. Finally, something to think about from my own perspective, having to live at home with my kids and wife for so long and see them every single day for a long, 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 long time. <laughs> I love my kids, don't get me wrong. Uh, but, you know, think about the average family where they can only afford what they live or maybe they are delayed in their decision to get a bigger house. They're cramped in a home. Now they have to bring their office at home. The kids need places to play. You can only play in the backyard. What if you don't have a backyard? It's time to get a backyard. All those things have increased people's desire to get a different type of home. Now, if you look at the Toronto market and places like Vancouver, they've actually been on a steady rise. Steady as in a radical increase year over year from 2015 and on. So is there really a housing bubble? Mm, it's tough to say. I mean, things have not gone down in value in a long, long, long time, basically since the 80s. And if you look at what's happening internationally, there is, according to Mike Moffat, an increase in appreciation in homes internationally in various parts of the world. This phenomenon of people staying home having extra money is common amongst other areas. All of a sudden, real estate is much more attractive. Places like Hong Kong, Europe, the US, all those prices are up. Another interesting phenomenon that Mike talks about and that I've seen in my own practice is a bit of a musical chairs phenomenon, what he calls it. Basically that as soon as the house prices in the city of Toronto become too expensive, then families decide to live further. So it became Mississauga, Brampton, Vaughan, Newmarket. And then as soon as those prices became too expensive, they moved even further. What we're seeing is a huge increase in demand in lots of smaller cities. I'll give you guys an example. One of my clients bought an investment house in Niagara Falls, very close, walking distance to the falls. Very typical type of home, single family home. They bought it for 500,000. Three years ago in 2018, when the sellers purchased that home, they bought it for $240,000. That's how much of a demand. In three years, those homes have more than doubled in value. For example, smaller cities like North Bay are increasing year over year from 10 to 15%, and now are increasing even more. Places like Woodstock that are close to London, uh, small towns like Welland and Thorold, and other places out east like Bowmanville. These are now family neighborhoods that families are trying to get into because they're much cheaper and they're now all of a sudden those places are going for a lot of money and for multiple offers. All right, so let's summarize what we know so far. In parts of Canada, prices have increased from 5 to 40 percent and people have moved from bigger cities to smaller cities. There are multiple offers everywhere and prices have skyrocketed in real estate. People don't really need to work in downtown Toronto or their big offices anymore. A lot of people can work at home. 
and that's changed the fundamentals of how we think about our real estate. The government and some local builders can do some stuff to, for example, increase the amount of housing, so build new housing in areas that people want to live in. Let's say you want to live in Milton, Ontario. You, there's lots of land still there. Builders can come in and build new homes. However, that may be tricky because, for example, the cost of materials have increased so much recently. For example, the cost of lumber from April of 2020 to 2021 has gone up 260%, meaning that new home construction is still going to be very expensive. Smaller towns will experience an interesting phenomenon because as smaller places, their population have diminished over the years. Now, all of a sudden, the population is increasing. They'll need to open new schools. They'll need more infrastructure. And it'll be interesting to see where that goes. So what will happen once the pandemic is over, once the vaccines work and everyone goes back to normal? Well, it's really going to depend on a number of factors before I can make a somewhat prediction. There's a few factors that come to mind. First thing is immigration and increasing population. I know the Trudeau government has already announced that between 2022 and 2024, they're planning to increase immigration by around 1.5 million people, meaning that around 500,000 immigrants per year, which is about the national average pre-pandemic going around 491,000, which means that all the people that you're competing with against the house now you're going to have more competition, or I would say about the same amount of competition. Also, where are companies going to go with their employees? Are employees going to go back to the office? If so, then we'll see a congestion of, of people wanting to live in bigger cities again. So Toronto will go back to its normal demand. Places like Mississauga, Brampton, you'll have a more demand to have better commutes and easier access to work. The third thing is that there are some big, big companies that open up shop in various cities, such as the Google offices and such in Waterloo. And because of the amount of storage spaces that are available right now and how they're relatively cheap, uh, as so many businesses have shut down, we may see an increase in new businesses pop up and new offices pop up for employees and locations. It's difficult to predict where housing prices will go post-pandemic. Uh, we know new immigration is coming in. We know that people want to live in Canada, often known as one of the top three places to live uh, countrywide in the world. So here's my advice to you first-time homebuyers and first-time investors. Get your hands on any real estate you can. Let's pick a very simple example. If you bought something in the beginning of 2020, you probably made $100,000 for doing absolutely nothing. In some cases, people have made three, dollars $400,000 not doing any renovation to their house, just the way the market is appreciated. Especially if you're a first-time home buyer, you need to get into the market any way you can. Over time, your house will appreciate. Get yourself a mortgage approval. Uh, get your parents to co-sign, borrow money, get a better job. Now, the trick is you should buy a house as close as you can to the CN Tower. However, if those prices are unaffordable, you have to be far away, you have to buy something further away, that's okay. Remember, you don't need to live there. You just need a house so you can start appreciating 
in value over time. And secondly, if you don't live there, you can get a rent. That is basically a rental property. So you can cash flow and make some money. You need to be in the real estate market or you may fall further behind. A good bet is to look at smaller cities with appreciating population. Any realtor can look at the statistics and tell you that this city has appreciated this amount. So look at North Bay, look at Barrie, look at Waterloo, look at Thorold, Welland. These places will all probably increase in value over time as their populations are increasing. In my opinion, there's going to be one of two outcomes post pandemic in our real estate market. One is the prices will continue to increase as supply and demand goes up. I predicted that the condo market will increase this year because it's such a big, big gap uh, compared to years previously between freehold homes and condos. Secondly, is that uh, the market could slow down. I don't think that there's going to be a massive correction. I just think there's too much demand for homes. However, it could, for example, go back to a neutral market, especially at once buyers are absolutely exhausted from having to fight through everyone else in multiple offers for so long. Until then, good luck with this market and stay happy, friends. We'll get past this pandemic sooner than later.